what if we actually stopped talking about terrorism? Now, you may think that I have perhaps you know, lost my senses. Why in heaven's name would a guy who's been, written six books on terrorism, who worked in counterterrorism for 15 years, who talks about terrorism constantly, who blogs about terrorism, who podcasts about terrorism, who tweets about terrorism, why in heaven's name would I ask the question or maybe actually make the proposal that we stop talking about terrorism? Bear with me here. I came across a fascinating piece in the American press this morning. Let me just read you something here. Sorry, I put my glasses on here. Under the headline, Dutch court convicts woman for spreading ISIS propaganda, it says, quote, A Dutch court convicted a 32-year-old woman and sentenced her to six years imprisonment for involvement in the war crimes committed by the so-called Islamic State extremist group in Syria and Iraq. In a, this is the important part. In a groundbreaking conviction, the Hague District Court ruled that ISIS is, quote, a criminal organization with the aim of committing war crimes. Let this sink in for a second. They didn't call ISIS a terrorist group. They called it a criminal organization involved in war crimes. This, to me, is really, really interesting. And it relates to a couple things I've been uh, musing about and tweeting about and posting about in the last little while. You've probably heard me use the phrase on far too many occasions, we've got terrorism on the brain. I think we could get rid of, dispense with the term terrorism, change our laws to get rid of sections of the criminal code that refer to terrorism, and our lives would be a heck of a lot simpler. Allow me to explain. What is terrorism? Well, yes, there are you know hundreds of definitions, and each country seems to have a different version of it in their criminal code. Here in Canada, it's a serious act of violence predicated for religious, ideological, or political reasons, section 83.01 of the Criminal Code. And we can't seem to agree on what it is and what it isn't. And in recent weeks and months, you've seen me lament the fact that all kinds of things are being called terrorism, despite the complete lack of evidence, at least on the surface, to call them such. Big case in point. The, the horrendous, heinous crime in my hometown of London, Ontario, in early June, in which a young man ran over a family, killed four, and wounded one severely. He was charged with premeditated murder, first-degree murder in Canadian law. He was charged with being done for hate, so that's a hate crime. And then the Prime Minister and everyone in his dog said, well, it's an act of domestic terrorism, despite the fact we had no idea why he did this. No ideological, political, or religious underpinnings, to the best of our knowledge. And he, in fact, has been charged with terrorism under the Canadian Criminal Code. And my question is, is there evidence to support that charge, or is it political convenience to charge him with terrorism? We also had a fascinating incident in Germany a couple of days ago, where a Somali immigrant uh, pulled out a knife in the city of Würzburg, and he stabbed a whole bunch of people, killed three, and wounded six. And he was uh, known, uh, known to police, but not known for his radicalization. Later on, they found Islamic State propaganda on his computer. He owed Allahu Akbar when he was stabbing people. He talked about jihad when he was arrested. Gets complicated. He was also known for psychiatric problems, had been seen by state officials. So was that an act of terrorism? I don't know. We'll get back to another act of violence in Canada in a minute, which will really set the cat amongst the pigeons. The point I'm trying to make here is that we as Canadians, as Americans, as Brits, have had a lot of experience dealing with violence. Murder, attempted murder, conspiracy to commit murder, assault, assault and battery, etc., etc. 
And we didn't need terrorism laws to prosecute those crimes. I really suggest you, you listen to my uh, recent uh, Canadian Intelligence Aid podcast. I brought back Brian Jenkins. I'm sure you know him. He's a great American thinker when it comes to terrorism, a former practitioner, former Green Beret. And he laments the fact, like I do, that terrorism is being used for all kinds of things when it's not necessary. And he reminded me, which I had forgotten, that Timothy McVeigh, the man behind the 1995 Oklahoma City bombings, which killed 170-odd people, mostly a lot of children, was not charged with terrorism. He was charged with killing law enforcement officers, which carried the automatic death penalty. So the prosecution, the state, in that case, realized, hey, we've got this guy dead to rights, no pun intended. We can charge him with first-degree murder, and we can execute him, which they did a couple years later. They didn't need a terrorism statute to find him guilty and to pronounce him responsible and to take his life. We can and we will choose a better way. When someone hurts any of us, when someone targets any parent or child or grandparent, we must all stand together and say no. No to hatred and to Islamophobia. No to terror and to racism. What I'm arguing is that there are a lot of cases where we don't need terrorism because the crimes that terrorists commit are already covered under criminal codes. It's either murder, first degree or second degree, or manslaughter. Most likely first degree murder because terrorist groups plan things. Or it's attempted murder. Or it's conspiracy to commit murder. We want to charge them with that. We in Canada didn't have terrorism laws for the longest period of time, and we got along fine. Thomas Darcy McGee, who was killed by a Fenian terrorist back in 1868, less than a year after Canada was a country. By the way, tomorrow's July 1st. Happy Canada Day. He wasn't charged with terrorism. He was executed for murder. The FLQ, which had a campaign of terror in, in, in the province of Quebec in the 1960s, uh, sort of ending with the October, so-called October crisis of, of 1970, they were charged with terrorism, and they were all prosecuted as well. You can read all about that, by the way, in my, in my last book, latest book, rather, The Peaceable Kingdom, give you details how to order it at the end of this podcast. Here's what I'm suggesting. Given we can't agree on what terrorism is or what it isn't, can we please just get rid of the term altogether and simply let these people stand trial for the garden variety crimes of murder, attempted murder, or conspiracy to commit murder? Why complicate things? As Brian Jenkins said on my podcast, who cares what the ideology is? Why does it matter? They're either killing people or trying to kill people. We, we've, been, we've been prosecuting murder for 10,000 years on this planet. We've been prosecuting terrorism for less than 20. Yeah, maybe 30. We don't need terrorism laws. You can call it terrorism if you want. And there's a, certainly popular definitions of terrorism out there. What people think is terrorism. Had a case uh, in Alberta a couple of weeks ago, or last week rather, where a guy attacked a couple of young women wearing a hijab with a hammer or an axe, I believe, didn't kill them, thankfully. And the mayor of the small town of St. Albert near Edmonton called it domestic terror, an act of domestic terrorism, not knowing anything about the guy's motivation. It seems to be a hate crime. Is it terrorism? Well, as I've argued, hate crimes and terrorism are not synonymous. I think we would all do much better as jurisdictions, as societies, as legal systems, if we just set aside our inability to agree on what terrorism is 
and settle on what our, our ability to agree on what murder is. Makes things an awful lot simpler, guys. And it doesn't give the terrorists the form that they want to spout their ideology, to try to convince us that they're right, to try to show us that they're superior to us. It obviates all that 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 that, that garbage. Okay, I want to end on a controversial note. You may have seen, this is being recorded on June the 30th, as I said, the day before Canada Day, that there have been a number of churches, six so far, Roman Catholic churches burned in Western Canada, in British Columbia and Alberta, the two westernmost provinces. The RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is investigating, calls them suspicious, which leads me to think that they are probably deliberately set. These are not lightning strikes or you know, wiring accidents or whatever. They're acts of arson, it looks like. And there's no suspects to the best of my knowledge, but it's probably not a coincidence that these Roman Catholic churches were burned in the immediate aftermath of the discovery of more unmarked graves of young First Nations children who were whisked away, taken away, grasped from their parents in the so-called residential school system, which, which occurred in Canada for far too long, from the late 19th to well, 1960s and 70s, as far as, I, as far as I can remember. Mass graves were discovered. The kids were not returned to their parents for burial. People are angry. People are sad. There's a lot of calls for, for canceling Canada Day. I'm not going down that pathway. Is it not possible that the actors who are burning down these churches are angry at the discovery of new bodies, more bodies, more unmarked graves, and are carrying out acts of retribution against the Roman Catholic Church? It is highly possible. Is it? I have no idea. I don't have any access to the evidence. My question to you is, is it not also possible that if these are deliberate acts of arson by people that want to punish the Roman Catholic Church for its uprooting of children from families, that's an act of terrorism? I'll be crucified for saying that. No pun intended, given I'm talking about the Catholic Church. But if it, in fact, is a deliberate act of violence, one could argue it's an act of political violence, which constitutes terrorism under the criminal code. Doesn't have to be death. Check, check out section eighty-three point zero one. Significant in, infrastructure damage constitutes one of the clauses for terrorism, as is a desire to install instill fear in the community, which these probably are going to do as well. I'm not saying it's terrorism. I'm simply asking the question, which leads to my mother point: there is no consistency on what is an act of terrorism, what is not. So let's just dump the term, get rid of it, go back to the, the things that we're more familiar with. And the things we've been prosecuting since Hammurabi created the first legal code and whenever the hell Hammurabi lived, I don't know, 6,000 BC. I, my, my numbers aren't very, very clear here. Anyhow, that's what I think. Before I leave, I, re- I realize I've been neglecting my Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys references for you. So here's one that comes from uh, the, this is Nancy Drew. Nancy. This comes from the, the Haunted Showboat. This is a really good piece of advice for everyone today. So listen very carefully. Never interrupt a voodoo doctor. Let me repeat that. Never interrupt a voodoo doctor. If you are someone who has a habit of consulting voodoo doctors in 2021, never interrupt them. That's what Nancy tells us. Anyhow, love to hear your feedback on this podcast about whether or not terrorism... The crime of terrorism is an unnecessary one in our legal systems. Love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisfrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter at Borealis Saves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and want to get more, please subscribe. Go to borealisfrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, 
free daily digest, podcasts, blogs, interviews like with Brian Jenkins, etc., etc., to your inbox every day. Also, want to point out that there's a link to my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom: History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. $25 Canadian plus shipping and handling. You can only get it off the website as it's self-published. And I also want to announce rather proudly that Canadian Intelligence Aid, which is the main podcast that I do, was found to be the second best counterterrorism podcast in the world by at least one website. That's kind of cool. Anyhow, I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.